Hello, and welcome to the Health Data Ethics Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Owens, and in this episode, I'm going to continue the discussion that I started in the previous episode very quietly in the library when we were talking about de-skilling or skill rot in fields that uh, increasingly rely on artificial intelligence. So I was discussing an article um, that I found on LinkedIn, but that was laying out some of the, the possibilities and also the concerns of using artificial intelligence in healthcare. So concerns that, you know, that radiologists or pathologists may rely on artificial intelligence to to pick up on things that a skilled pathologist or radiologist could be expected to see. And I argued that although this is a concern, right, we do need to make sure that our, our brand new trained uh, caregivers are in fact able to use the slide rule of the previous generations. Um, I do also think that relying on artificial intelligence can free human beings up to do what human beings do best. And when I ended that episode, I ended with I ended up thinking, well, what is it that human beings do do best? What is it that artificial intelligences do best? And I started really thinking about this. And I, I just want to say in advance that I am still forming a lot of my thoughts on this. So I expect that my opinions on this subject will morph and change as we continue to have this dialogue. And I'm really excited to be going on this journey because this is this is really cool stuff to be thinking about. So broadly, if, if we take away the healthcare barriers and we just think about what artificial intelligence does, what, what computers do, right? We'll just say computers, right? What, do, what, does a, what does a programmable logic do well? And what do human beings do well? And a programmable logic does really well at ingesting a large amount of information and following instructions that are given to it. Human beings are actually kind of bad at both of those things. We're bad at ingesting large quantities of information. We get overwhelmed very quickly. Uh, we have any number of super fun cognitive biases like anchoring bias, recency bias. You know, we, we tend to pick a single thing and then cling to it even in the face of competing information. Um, and we're also really bad at following directions. Um, even when we know that that's what's right to do, right? You know, to put our, our healthcare environment back on, right? I know that the correct thing to do is to get at least 30 minutes of mild cardio a day and to eat at least five different colored fruits and vegetables. And do I do that every day? I don't. I'm bad at following those directions. And I'm bad at following those directions for a number of reasons. And I think the number one reason why I'm bad at following those directions is because I'm doing what human beings are very, very good at. And that is narrative. Human beings are absolutely stellar at taking a large quantity of maybe related information and using it to construct a story. So the story that I'm telling myself about my life, about why I'm not following the instructions given to me by my healthcare provider or that are, that are laid out very clearly by the World Health Organization and by every single you know, medical advisory group, the, the programming instructions are very clear, right? I need to get at least 30 minutes of cardio a day. I need to eat fruits and vegetables. I need to drink water. I need to not smoke cigarettes. All of that information is going into my hopper. And... It is also going into my hopper with other information about the fact that I have a household that I that I, I participate in, right? I am married. I have two children. The children need to go places. They also need to be fed. There are only so many hours in the day, and sometimes I wish to have a conversation with my husband that is not interrupted by children and the dog. And so in my head, the narrative that I am constructing is that I do not always eat all of my fruits and vegetables because I wish sometimes to have a conversation with my husband, or I don't always get 30 minutes of exercise because my children need to be driven here or there. So human beings are absolutely stellar, like just absolutely 
the tops at taking a bunch of facts and constructing a narrative and a story around them. That's what human beings love to do. We have been storytellers since we had stories. We've been like we've been storytellers since we had the ways to communicate. We that's the narrative arc is one of the crowning achievements of humanity and it shows up again and again and again. And the the way I keep thinking about this is that the stories that we tell and the the ways that we connect with each other are related to our desire to pursue, you know, social connections and to also further our own narratives you know this 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 experience that we have where i am the main character of my own story literally everything i see is from my own perspective all of privy to 100% of my own thoughts i mean this, this is really human stuff and I, I i do not think that we will ever find well it, like i said my my opinion may change on this date I do not think that we will ever find a computer or an artificial intelligence that has quite the same bent to try to make sense of things when things are just there. So the way I was thinking about this is that, you know, it, intellectually, there's absolutely no doubt, right, that artificial intelligence can meet and surpass human intelligence, right? Artificial intelligence will definitely get to the point where it could, in theory, put a rover on Mars, but will it program it to sing happy birthday to itself? Will it cry when its battery dies? I, I People, this is the other thing that I think people do really, really well. Sorry, I'm a little teary here. Um, so not only do people love to tell stories, but we freaking love to social bond. We will social bond with just about anything. We'll have like we'll social bond with plants, we'll social bond with animals, we'll social bond with geographical features. People get very fond of their their pet mountain or their pet lake. I am particularly fond of a duck pond that is down the street. It is not a, an exciting geographical feature in any way other than the fact that it's mine. And I, when I run past it, there is often a blue heron there. And I think that's cool. Um, none of these are things that, that AIs do particularly well, right? The AIs don't have pet they don't, they don't have pets. They don't have things that they like more than anything. They, they, don't, they don't like things. They're, ju they're just a, 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 an algorithm. They don't have preferences. So to tie this back and to kind of rein me in a little bit, because at, as I was doing my research for this episode, I started trying to find some citations for a, a conception that I, a, an idea that I've had for a long time, which is that human beings are great at making decisions first and then coming up with the rationalization for them. I, I'm not going to go into this too much because I, I cannot verify this at this time. But when I started doing research, trying to find these citations, I went way down a rabbit hole on the neurobiology of decision making and what this means for philosophy. And do we actually have free will? And what is the what is the nature of free will? And if you know you have it or if you anyway, much, much, much <laughs> content for another time. Anyway, to bring this back to the healthcare environment, when I'm thinking about what humans do that artificial intelligences don't do? The answer is very simple. What humans do really well that artificial intelligences don't is connect with other human beings. We are social critters. We absolutely love to be with each other and to help each other and to nurture each other and to just even just to hang out. So when I'm thinking about an artificial intelligence that might be coaching my primary care doc to tell me that I must, you know, 30 minutes of exercise and five fruits and vegetables a day and all this stuff, my primary care doc, who is a human being, is going to understand all of the other factors that go into my narrative. And they will also be able to incorporate that into 
a narrative and a conversation then that the, the, my caregiver and I can then relate on a human level, right? AIs can speak human language. They can speak natural language. They can ingest natural language. But can they actually connect? That's the thing that I'm really struggling with because in my experiences with ChatGPT and my experiences with AI-generated text and, and AI-generated art and AI-generated, you know, like I, I, I've done some dabbling here and everything seems to me to be technically competent. Like the sentences are not always grammatically correct, but human beings don't always write grammatically correct sentences. But there's a there's a heart missing in it. And in the, in the, that's the best way that I can put it. And it's not very scientific. But you know, if I ask ChatGPT to write me the conclusion of an exciting scene, it doesn't understand what a conclusion should feel like or should read like. Like it, it doesn't, it just doesn't get it. So I think as I'm starting to put together, you know, what is AI good at? What are humans good at? I think number one on the list of what humans are good at is connecting to other people through the use of narrative and other social bonds.